0: Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I approach this message with some <coughs> intrepidition. quite personal. But, uh, anyhow, here we go. My thoughts were stirred by a devotional that I read. I'm not sure. Well, it's October 21, whatever that day was. Entitled, uh, What's Wrong with the World? It reads like this. There's an oft-heard story that the London Times posed a question to readers at the turn of the century. What's wrong with the world? That's quite a question, isn't it? Someone might quickly respond, Well, how much time do you have for me to tell you? And that would be fair, as there seems to be so much that's wrong with our world. As the story goes, the Times received a number of responses, but one in particular has endured in its brief brilliance. The English writer, poet, and philosopher G.K. Chesterton penned this forward response, a refreshing surprise to the usual passing of the buck. Dear sirs, I am. Whether the story is factual or not is up for debate, but that response, it's nothing but true. Long before Chesterton came along, there was an apostle named Paul, far from a lifelong model citizen. Paul confessed his past shortcomings. I was once a blasphemer. He's a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, after naming who Jesus came to save, which is sinners, he goes on to make a very Chesterton-like qualification, of whom I am the worst. Paul knew exactly what was and is wrong with the world. And he further, and he further knew the only hope of making things right. The grace of Of our Lord. What amazing reality. This enduring truth lifts our eyes to the light of Christ's saving love. So the title of the message is What's Wrong with the World and What's Right with God. Chesterton said, sirs, I am. I don't know what your experience is in life. I don't know how your week went. I don't know a lot of things about you. But uh, if you're like me, there's times where you have battles of the will. You know what's right. You know. What God's will is. You know that God's will is right. But somehow or the other, there's a battle of the will. And I've wondered, you know, we say, well, we're at peace with God and we're at peace with our fellow man. I, I was just contemplating this. Should we say, uh, I'm at peace with myself? Would that be a valid question? I can be at peace with you. I can be at peace with God, uh, but there's times where we have what I call the Battle at Kruger. How many of you have ever watched the Battle of Kruger? The Battle of Kruger is a video of of an incident in uh, some park named Kruger in Africa somewhere, and it's a video of this. Herd of water buffalo coming down to the water. And there's this pride of lions, like five or six of them, hanging over the hill. And they're crawling like this on their bellies. And just as they get down to the water, this herd of water buffaloes, I think those are the ones with the horn kind of all the way across their face and forehead, whatever. I think that's who they are, whatever they are. But they're nasty things. I'm told they're the most dangerous animal on the earth. And 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 all at once these lions they just burst out into this opening and the herd of water buffalo turn and they start running and these lions cut out a calf into the water and they jump in the water and the calf's in the water and they're and they're on top of the calf, they're on the side of the calf, there's like one calf and five lions don't have a chance. Well, the, the herd of buffalo come around, they turn around and they come back. I mean, there's like 200 or 300 of these things. And they come down to the water. And these lions are there and, you know, and they, and they, oh sorry, before that, this alligator, crocodile or whatever, sees this, Sees this, uh, calf in the water and it gets on one end and the lions are on the other end. And this crocodile is pulling this calf into the water. Big splashes of water. I mean, just powerful splashes of water pulling this thing and the lions are pulling the other way. And, and all at once this herd of two or three hundred water buffalo come back to get the calf. And they have this tug of war, and finally, the the lions win, and they pull in this calf up on the on the bank, and and they're surrounded. These lions are surrounded, and all at once, this water buffalo comes down and takes one probably three hundred pound lion and tosses him up in the air about as high as this ceiling. I mean like confetti. And down comes a lion and he runs off and they go after another lion and he runs off and after another lion and he runs off and and after a while there's only one lion and the last water buffalo comes down and rips at the lion and that one goes running off and the calf goes with the herd. It is an amazing Video of defense Amazing Picture of the power Of Of Two entities Wanting one Animal You ever feel like that? Now there was two enemies On each side of that Okay so But You know God's pulling on the one end And the devil's pulling on the other end And you're in the middle it's like i don't want to over sens over sens- sen- sensationalize my life but i felt tugged all right so i'm saying i i i'm not i'm not at peace okay but i'm at peace with god i love god i i i love him dearly i hold nothing against him i understand his will for me and i and I have no problems with people here, the people around me. I love my brothers. I'm in not, I'm not in conflict with anybody, but I, but I'm not peace with myself. There's this battle of the will. This is a personal struggle. I'm, I'm just simply saying that I think, no, I'm not trying to speak for you. All right. Our wills are so. Our our wills are become so prominent. Sometimes I think if we're in our, if we have a passion for God, there's going to be a tug of war. All right. So I'm not satisfied with my behavior. I'm not satisfied with my selfish will. Something's got to be done. I can't stand up here and say I have peace with God and my fellow man. And not have all the bases covered. Okay, I can't do that. I can say those two things truthfully. But that, that's, not, that's not the whole picture. So I'm mulling us around. And then I, this verse comes up with me. up So, I, you know, it's like... For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Well, wow. I I guess that tells me where I'm at, you know. And then I think of Chesterton, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with the world? Uh, Dear sirs, I am, you know. (laughs) I am. What do I do... What do I do with the difference between what I want to be and what God wants to be and what I actually am? What do I do with that difference? How do I address that? Once we had a speaker here at Maranatha Bible School who told us what was wrong with the world, what was wrong with the church, and what was wrong with Christians today. Bless his heart for his effort. He was very, very sincere. I have no problem. I I don't know him very well, but I think he'd make a good friend of mine. So I have nothing personal to pick. But he got a big wide brush out. And he said, we have cold hearts. That's what the problem is. And we have our apostate. That's what the problem is. And, and you know, and the church isn't what it's supposed to be. And our witness is terrible. And he got up there and he told us all what was wrong with the world. And what's wrong with the church. And what's wrong with everything else. First night. I looked around. After about 10 minutes, the guys, oh, young people were very transparent. Okay, you don't, you know, it's just like, no problem. The guys, they started putting their knee, hands on their knees, alright? Leaning forward, the hands on their knees, looking at the floor. All through the audience. The girls, Started not looking at the preacher anymore, and they started shuffling around and looking at the pictures in their Bible. Fortunately, the brother picked up on the audience cues, and he came in after service, and he said, Hey, I'm doing something seriously wrong. What's wrong? He said, I totally lost my audience. They weren't even listening to me. They tuned me out. Preach the word, brother. Let the Holy Spirit convict anyone in the audience whose hearts are cold, apostate or has a poor testimony. But tell them that God wants their loves and He wants their affection and He's telling them that, tell them that, that being in God's will is the best thing that you're ever gonna experience and you need to crucify your flesh to get there, but you're gonna find freedom, you're gonna find You're going to be able to be everything that God wants you to be. Tell them that. That's what they want to know. Holy Spirit will take care of the of the rest. I sat there. I wonder. It's like, what does we mean? Does we mean all North America? Does we mean everybody in Minnesota? Does we mean the religious people in Minnesota? Does we mean Mennonites? Do we mean people here in Maranatha? What does we mean? I'm here to tell you this morning that not all Christians have cold hearts. <laughs> Amen? Amen? That's right. Not all Christians have cold hearts. Not all churches are apostate. Not all, not all Christians are leaving a poor witness. There wasn't in that audience. I'll guarantee you there wasn't in that audience. I mean, there was some wonderful, godly people in there. Young people are pursuing God. Just bless my heart. We love God and our wills are in in conformity to the will of God. It opens up possibilities. It makes us what God wants us to be. It makes us that's what makes us right with God. Is when we have submitted our wills and living God's principles. Do we have a lot Do we have a lot of place to improve? <laughs> Absolutely. You perfectly on? No, 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 no. I can even answer for you. And I don't even know. How, I, don't, I don't even know the details of it. I know he's not perfect because he's human. All right, everybody here. What you know? The difference between where we God wants us to be and where we are should create in our 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 hearts a holy discontent. It's just reality. And so when I say I have peace with God, I have peace with my fellow man, I have peace with myself. That doesn't make me perfect. That doesn't mean that I don't have areas in my life that I need to work on, but it does mean that God is making me something better than what I am. I should not be, I should not be surprised when there's a tug of war. Really, brothers and sisters, I should be concerned if there is no tug of war. That's what I should be concerned about. If I am so passive and if I am so out of tune with God that I can have this disparity in my life between what I am and what I should be and it doesn't bother me. That's what I should be concerned about. So how did Paul deal with the facts of his life as they presented themselves to him? He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I was terrible. I was awful. I did some of it in ignorance, but I was not a good person. But the mercy, the exceeding, the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amazing what God can do with a person who's just willing to say, Lord, here I am, take me, I mess and all, and, and just make me into something that I'm not. I'm terribly discontented, but I want way more than what I have. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause, I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. God showed me mercy, me first, It's me, people. Like Chesterton said, it's me. But God showed me mercy so that it opens up the opportunity for people around me to see Jesus Christ and be able to experience the blessings of sins forgiven and being right with God. That's what he said. And then he just bursts out into praise, and he says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm telling you, you know, this is just beyond my comprehension. I don't understand how it all works, but I can be a part of that. And and it's all to the glory of God. It's just amazing what God is doing. What did Isaiah foretell in Isaiah 62? I love this passage of scripture. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteous therefore go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof is a lamp that burneth. This is a prophecy. This is us today. This kingdom that's coming and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all the kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called, a, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which is the mouth of the Lord, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. How can we be that? That's incredible. The church of Jesus Christ is a glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land be be Thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. As And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. And give him no rest till he establish, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up the highway. Gather out the stones. Lift up a standard for the people. For the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the the worlds. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with them and his work before him. And they shall... Call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called sought out, a city not forsaken. To be a part of, of, of the bride of Christ, to be a part of a, a group of people that that is just the center of the love of God. And yet, dear sirs, I am part of the problem. So it's not if there's a battle. It's not if there's a battle. The Christian life is a battle. That's part of it like i said we should be concerned if there, if there is no if there is not one but the question is who won the battle when there's a tug of war who wins is it god or is it going to be me am i able to surrender am i able to come to peace See, hope comes when battles are won. Not when I win them. Not when you win them. But when God wins. See, there's hope. I'd like to pause and inject right here. I, I think that people need to be acknowledged when they win battles. I'm not sure how you and COVID-19 are getting along. But I want to commend this congregation for how we have handled COVID-19. I really do. I've people. I've had persons call me and say, I just wringing their hands, like, "What are you doing up there?" Like we have this battle of wills. I mean, we have people. Well, it's nothing, and other than just saying, "Oh, it's you know," and and it's big deal, and you know, and these people are not getting along, and you know, it's like. And 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 God has been very gracious to us. Of of all the experiences that I've seen, experienced in relation to COVID nineteen, probably only one incident that I was disappointed in how a Christian responded. And so I find myself blessed. I find myself blessed. I mean, how could we have council meeting this morning if it was hard feelings? It's like, well, I'm not even going to come to church and I'm not going to do this and you're stupid for that and so, you know, and, and, and how, how could we do this this morning? Our congregation has been blessed with compassion, with love, with understanding, with care. Are there different viewpoints? Oh, yeah. You see, when I submit my will to God, I submit my will to my brother. I submit my plans. I confess my stubbornness. Then I can find peace. And when I find peace with myself, when I find peace with God, opens up the possibility that I can find peace with you. See, that's the beauty of being right with God. And that answers the question. What is right with God? When I love Him, when I submit my will to Him, when I care about those around me, when I'm at peace with myself, I can find joy in the circumstances that God puts me in, not under. We don't function well under circumstances, all right? The load's still on top, but we can focus on God in our circumstances and allow him to make us who not only we are not, but who we want to be like, which is Jesus Christ